welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I am your host, Georgia Canning, also known as The Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own dance studio and various businesses in the dance world, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience the benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life full of grace with a little grit. So my first guest on the podcast is Sonia York-Price. As a child, Sonia studied at the Elmhurst Ballet School before attending the Royal Ballet School in London. These days, Sonia works on her PhD research titled Ageism and the Mature Dancer, which investigates the role of the dancers who extend beyond the industry expectations of acceptable age, and it analyzes the contribution that they are making to the current dialogue relating to ageism in the dance world. So she's basically a doctor of adult ballet and contemporary dance. So cool. I honestly couldn't think of a better first guest for the podcast. We chat about what it's like to have ballet in your life, the body, taking class, the most important part of a performance, charisma, and how Margot Fontaine used to peek through the Convent Garden studio window into her class and how she felt about that. I love how smart but down to earth this gorgeous lady is. We recorded in Sonia's beautiful home in the country, filled with art, including her own work, and walls of books that would rival any small library. Sonia spoke, as always, so eloquently, with her Siamese cat casually nestled on her lap. Occasionally, you can hear him purring during the interview. And it was such a pleasure to be in her presence. So please let me know your thoughts and let me know where you're listening from. Take a screenshot and tag at Balanced Ballerinas and at The Balanced Ballerina on Instagram. Enjoy. So you, you, didn't, give him a, you didn't give him a ballet name? <laughs> what will we have called him? I thought Ming Dynasty <laughs> might be some kind of like Chinese dancer. Oh, we could have called him Albrecht or something. No, definitely not. <laughs> Too long to say. Albrecht, the Siamese. <laughs> He's Mr. Ming. Ming the Ding. <sighs> okay, are we ready? Yes. Let's go for it. Okay, let's go. You're going to be all ballet, balleted out um, by the end of today. That's quite all right. Because you have already done class today. How was it? I have. Um, it was really good, actually. Um, kind of sad that it's the last one of the year because now I've got, was it three weeks, four weeks? So, you know, having tried to maintain fitness, which is not easy at my <clears throat> very young age, um, yeah, it's kind of sad to see it go because you love, you just love that discipline of going to class. And we're so lucky to have you and various other people on the coast. So we can, you know, I can manage sometimes three three a week, mm. which is wonderful. Are you like me where, I mean, if I could take class every day, yeah. I, I would 100%. 100%. In all my spare time. Abs- no, I would, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I would if I had the opportunity to take class because, I mean, I hit the gym mm. once a day mm. at least. Yeah. Um, on top of all the teaching, but it, nothing makes me more sore or makes my body feel as good as just taking class. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that's very important is that you have to be in the moment when you're doing a ballet class. 
So, I mean, like when I'm in the gym, I can think about, you know, what washing I haven't done, did I pay that bill? Stuff mm-hmm. goes through my mind. Whereas in a ballet class, I can think about nothing except what my 100%. body's doing or <clears throat> probably not doing um, and what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, so it's very, very present. Yeah, yeah it's an amazing thing. Love it. Well, Sonia, yes. we're going to pretend, uh, well, actually, there might be lots of people that don't know much about you and your work, which is amazing, though, but lots of people in the dance industry know about your work. Um, so the reason I chose you to be my first guest on mm-hmm. the podcast is because we always have the most interesting conversations uh, in the hallway of the studio yep. before and after class. <laughs> in fact, actually, there was one moment where we were chatting and remember, I said, this was like 12 months ago. And I said, we need to record this because people Yay. would actually enjoy, yeah. you know, people who are interested in ballet, totally. obviously, would in, would yep. enjoy, you know, your input. Um, but you always have something fascinating to contribute to the discussion. And your work with body and ageism and the classical dancer is quite amazing. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know your work, can you explain what you've been working on and the details of your PhD. Wow. Well, I think mm, in a nutshell, <laughs> in a very large nutshell. Let's, how long have you been um, working on it for? I can't I remember. I started in 2014, um, and I think basically I, I went. I saw a performance by a Canadian contemporary dancer who was then 54, um, a, a dancer called Louise Le Cavalier, who was originally from La 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 Human Steps, based in Montreal. And I saw this woman dance and thought, Oh my God are there any more of these older professional dancers around? So that kind of kicked off the research. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to look, because I'm from Europe originally, uh, at European older professional dancers and Australian. And I thought, gosh, these dancers don't actually have a voice. Not many people know that they're still around and they're still dancing. Yeah, I had no you idea. Know? And they're obviously not, I mean, you know, they're not doing the tricks and things that younger dancers do. Um, they've got a specialized they embodiment. <laughs> do they need to? Well, no, that's they, what I think makes them yeah, quite I think more that's amazing. Very true. Uh, and I think that's what came out, um, with the Elixir Festival in 2014 at Sadler's Wells in London was that I had a little bit of a conversation with Dominic Merci from Pina Bausch and his choreographer, Patrick, not Patrick, I can't think of his name. The choreographer was called Mesri, um, and he said something very interesting that, you know, of course, you know, these dancers are not doing tricks, but what they do do is so extraordinary that you couldn't do that if you were 20 mm. or 25. And that's not to be ageist about younger dancers, but I think we need to recognize that older dancers have got extraordinary qualities that have taken a lifetime to perfect Mm. Um, which you don't have as a younger dancer. Sure, you might have amazing technique, but you don't have the life experience. No. You know, so that comes. And I think that's, I guess, why they put tricks after tricks after tricks because that, that emotional maturity takes far longer to well, and, I, and you've got the strengths, you know, you've got mm. the vitality, you've got the virtuosity, you've mm-hmm. got the wherewithal as a younger dancer. Like if someone says do 32 pirouettes, you do it, you know. I mean, mm. as an older dancer, you go, mm, well, maybe five. You, it's more quality than quantity. A lot of people would be happy yeah. with like two <laughs> or one. <laughs> I love it in the adult, in our adult ballet classes yeah. when someone gets one pirouette and they're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty amazing. I mean, I have actually some of the dancers who I've interviewed have said little things like, you know, they don't jump anymore. 
In particular, Pat Cuddison, who's... Um, you jump- don't do a huge amount of jumping. I'd love I've to do more. Yeah. I really love jumping. But, I mean, Pat's 75, and she says, I jump every day in class. Mm. And she danced with Yvonne Rayner and Judson Theatre, and I'm thinking, 74. Wow, i still got a bit of time to go. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you can... You can do these things. I think there is a little bit of a blockage sometimes where we think we're far too old to do this, but mm. actually we can. Um, and, of course, we know how it should be done, and, and our bodies aren't quite doing it I in the same way. that's the key. I think sometimes, because obviously with the adult ballet, like ballet classes I run, mm. when I get a ex-professional dancer in, they are so hard on themselves. Yeah, very. And that's the thing. They know what it's supposed to look like or how they used to do it in the past. And so then when they yes. actually are watching themselves in the mirror and they haven't danced in five years or ten years, they've gone and had oh, babies or whatnot. Mm. And I'm like, and no matter how many times I walk past and whisper, be nice to yourself mm. or relax, they just they get so in their head and... Then well, it's, like, nope. it, it's not in our nature. I think that's the thing. It's, yeah, it's totally we're, we're, we're hypercritical. I mean, even um, Elizabeth Cameron Darman, who's 85, I think, I interviewed wow. her last year, and she said something which really rung true, and she said the inner critic is always there going, you're not good enough, you're not doing mm-hmm. this, you can't do that. So it's, I think as dancers, whether it's contemporary or classical, we've got that perfectionist bar that as we get older, that bar gets higher and higher, and we we strive to get maybe a quarter of the way. We can't get there, but we're not giving up. Yeah, that's that's what's yeah. different, I think. And we don't take anything for granted, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- if I think of you know how flexible I used to be in like a poncho, oh my gosh, so I've easy. lost so much flexibility. <laughs> now it's like poncho. <sighs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> and I I think strength work. Like I know. Since doing more gym work, oh my gosh, my yeah. flexibility has gone downhill massively. It's really frustrating, you know, and it's I think so as women, we, we have to really appreciate what we've got at that time of our mm. lives. So again, when you're a young dancer in your 20s and you, you're knocking that, you know, your your ecarte isn't quite right, but actually it's fabulous. Mm. You go 20 years forward, it's gone. Mm. So I think, yeah, like you say, you sometimes have to not be quite so critical and appreciate what you have got. Yeah. I don't mind so much about the, I mean, the flexibility is a bit, but mm. I hope that when I'm in my 60s, 70s, 80s, I hope I can still do Allegro because you know, that's my favorite. Like I that's my you, one thing. I hope yes. I can still do Allegro. I, I don't see the way that science is going, that it's teamed up with dance. Um, and, and and the way that dancers are now training with gym and whatever else, I think they've got you've got every chance of being able to do that. Um, and particularly from a nutrition point of view, like when I was a young dancer, we had nothing. I mean, we just mm. smoked and ate Mars bars. We didn't think about our bodies. We starved. Yeah. Whereas today, dancers know they can eat. They can do certain exercises. You know, you've got Pilates. You've got gym. There's so much stuff. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be jumping when you're 80. It's true. You know, because it is a state of mind, mm. you know. That <laughs> smoking in Mars bars. <laughs> this might, this might be a good, this might be a good lead into <laughs> Sonia as a little one. And actually, okay, before we get into rural ballet school, mm. um, where, how old were you when you started? I I'm started sure I've asked I, you before, but four. I can't remember. Four. Four. Yeah, yeah. So similar um, to me. I come from a, a background of, um, my family have been in the theatre since about the 1850s, I suppose. Mm. Um, so they were either actors or opera singers. My grandmother had done a little bit of ballet in the 19 
15, something like that. Um, so when I was born, and obviously I was tiny, my grandmother just said, well, she'll have to do ballet. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to say yes or no. She'll be useless doing anything (laughs) Anything else. else. She must do ballet. (laughs) So, and I was immediately sent to one of the best performing arts schools in in the UK. I didn't Mm. have to audition. I literally rocked up and uh, at eight years of age, I was kind of traumatized, I think, for a little (laughs) while. Okay. But then I realized we had ballet every day and uh, syllabus in the evenings and we did performances three times a year. We auditioned for God knows how many different things. So we had to... So did you audition within the school for... We auditioned, basically, we were trained by an amazing woman called Bridget Espinosa, who'd been, I think, with the Ballet de Monte Carlo. And we were all trained to sing, play an instrument, do ballet, mm. contemporary dance, Indian. Oh, my God, we did everything. Isn't that amazing that, that back then you were still trained and expected to play a inst- musical instrument? Did Absolutely. you do vocal coaching, like singing? And- um, we Yes, we had singing once a week. I played the piano and the guitar. Um, we had to obviously, if we had, if we had a good voice, that was, mm. that was worked on. We did drama two or three times a week. Um, and because I was so tiny, I was constantly sent up to the West End for auditions for stuff that I did not want to be in. And uh, I was actually given an amazing role by Cameron McIntosh. She was very famous in London. That name for, rings a bell. Yeah. All the big musicals yeah. were run by Cameron McIntosh. And I would have been about 15 and I was given the role of Christopher Robin with Winnie the Pooh. I think it must have been. And, and Is Christopher Robin a boy? Well, a girl. I, I don't really know what they were. Well, look, I didn't yeah. question it because I was kind of like. Oh, I wouldn't question it either. Yeah. yeah. But he said, you know, the role is yours. And I just said, well, I want to be a ballerina. And of course that went down like a, you know. And they were like, they were oh. horrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was probably the first time I kind of stood up for myself and said, I don't want to act. I want yeah. to dance. So, um. I find that really interesting though, that I didn't know that, that you were made to do all those other co-curricular activities. Yeah. I thought that was very much a, over the now. No, Biddy was really ahead of her time. I think she was very clever. Um, because let's face it, you know, out of a class of 30 girls, maybe two are going to be good dancers. Not great, if, but good. You know what? If, if, that. if. <laughs> so all the rest of them either went into television and films, which a lot of them did, um, you know, musicals. Mm. I, I mean, gosh, I don't know, so many different things. There are Elmhurst girls doing stuff all over the place. Um, it's only when the school changed many, many later, when well, this century it became a mixed school, basically only classical ballet. Yeah, I was going to Very say that. Different. I don't think they do that now. No. But then at a studio, local studio level, mm. um, if we didn't have musical theatre on offer as well as the ballet side of things or mm. also jazz or also vocal coaching, people would be like... Yeah. Why are you just ballet school? <laughs> like it's very much well, expected now that the kids do. I think so a whole because range of things. I think also a lot of kids, your chances of getting into a company are so slim. So if mm. you've got the other things where you can sing, you can tap dance, you can do a bit of jazz. There's a whole pile of other stuff that you can do, yeah. and it's still dancing. You're still a dancer. You oh, know? definitely. And you are for life. You never and stop. Yeah, and I guess that's the whole point of. I mean, you know, my entire philosophy around teaching, and that. You know, my students, I don't expect or necessarily even want them to be in a ballet company. No. But the tools that we have, uh, that we have received from mm. studying ballet, I mean, even just you and your work that you do, even me and my business, the, totally. the, the determination and 
willingness to excel in our field, I, I, so. I put that straight down to ballet. Absolutely. And I've heard many people say that who have employed people who've trained as dancers, mm-hmm. they are some of the best people to have as employees because yeah. we give 100%, 110 actually. Mm-hmm. I, I no must matter. admit, when I went for... um jobs before I decided to open my studio Mm. Uh, I worked for AFL Queensland and they looked at my resume and they Mm. were like oh so you were at the Australian Ballet School oh you're a ballerina oh yep basically hired on the spot um marketing (laughs) role at a brewery yeah yeah (laughs) they looked at my resume and they were like oh we've we've actually the job I went for they Mm. took one look at my resume and they looked at all the ballet stuff and they said we've got a better job for you and they gave me a better job um yeah, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes when a parent says to me, "Oh, Georgia, you know, she's not very she's not very good, mm. so we might stop." Oh, I'm no. like, "But she loves it. It doesn't mm. matter." And and it's, you know, great on the resume in a nutshell. It is. It is. And like you said, it's the discipline because it makes you, let's face it, ballet's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Oh, so anything after so that, you just think, "Oh my god, I can do this." You know, I really can. Mm. So I think it really sets you up for life. Um, yeah, I, I, think I so. found when I was watching I um, the Olympics, no, not the Olympics, that was, wasn't this year, Commonwealth mm. Games mm. this year. Mm. I was going to say I'm such a sports nut, yeah. not, didn't know which one it was. <laughs> the Commonwealth Games, yeah. I was watching and I was like, you know what? If we could grunt and we could pull faces and sweat the way that mm. sports people do, whilst trying to do all these incredibly challenging athletic yes. moves, yes. it would be so much easier. But no, we have to remain composed and smile well, we and do. tell a story at the same time. We do, we do. <laughs> and when, of course, we had to give off this impression that it's painless, it's beautiful. I mean, mm. let's face it, ballet was you know, invented by a man. So it's all about beauty. I love it when you say that. It is. It's, so it's about aesthetics. So mm. you have women standing on their toes. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Um, you know, because it's <laughs> excruciating. But it looks fabulous. And we all yeah. buy into that. Mm-hmm. You know, even now I love the, po- you know, the putting on your point shoes. It's like, oh, my God, this is fabulous. And mm. then you remember, actually, <laughs> oh my this gosh. is agony. <laughs> Why are I we know. doing this? But we give off this incredible persona that we are, you know, we are a fairy or we're whatever. Mm. You know, it's... It is, it's contagious. Mm, no, I love it. It's, um, yeah, I, I feel like if, if parents can understand that it's not about being a professional dancer, no, then they'll relax and they'll just let their yeah. child dance. Yeah. And it's experiential, you know, it's mm. giving the kid an opportunity to experiment mentally and physically with a technique that, you know, goes back a hell of a long way. We're talking right back to the court of King Louis the 14th. I mean, it's, mm. it's so ancient. Um, I mean, even, for example, when I was doing a residency in China, it was amazing to watch a ballet class talk with Chinese counts, but the language is French. Oh, wow. Because, of course, ballet is oh, French. Oh, of course. They're not going to be going one, no. two. No, they're going E-R, sans and they're going plié, whatever, in between. And you're like, wow, I've never thought of that. Because adult ballet is massive over in Japan and China and a lot of the Asian countries. Because I have them messaging me all the time. Oh, wonderful. And we had those ones come over came literally to the Gold Coast just to take class. And I was so like, well, beautiful. this is amazing. But, um, and so I've always thought, oh, I'd love to when I go over there. Yes, I, I've never been to take class. I didn't think of that though. They'll be counting in. Absolutely. Because Chinese they all know Japanese. what, they know what a fuete <laughs> is. They know what a tondu yeah. is. They know all of that because it is French. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes we have some laughs with Fu about, um, you know, different yes. techniques. 
uh, like Vaganova, R.E.D. Giacchetti, and and the steps are all the same, but they have these different French Mm. names. It's very funny. Mm. But we know when you look at the step, you go, oh, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. They call it that, you know. There was something um, Mm. you said to me a while back, uh, I think when you were injured maybe, um, Mm. you were talking about how a dancer understands to the – the outsides and insides of their body. Remember we had that discussion about like no other and I was, and it stuck with me because I've really tried to think about what we were trying to articulate. It's like a way you feel and understand your muscles. Um, I don't know. It's almost primitive. And I think that that is one of the biggest gifts that you can get from, especially if you start as a child. Definitely. Definitely. I think you you become very spatially aware. You Mm. become I call it being hardwired. I mean, it's like when you know when you set an mm. enchaînement and you're dancing with people who are not spatially aware. Like we know never to stand in front in oh. a straight line, to stagger, to always be <gasps> or aware. Or when you finish the exercise, you walk yeah. to the side yes. and you go Get around, off. not turn around and walk back through the next group that's coming. <laughs> Literally, oh, it's so yes. funny. You'll notice yes. sometimes in class, I'm like, I'm trying to teach and navigate the way of a ballet class, yeah. and there's like some people that just like. No, I don't. Nope. Why do I need to do that? I'm like, no, you gotta gotta go this way so that you don't bump into everyone. (laughs) Well, bumping's being gentle. I mean, I'm sure you've been in situations on stage where, you know, you've absolutely gone flat strap into someone. And I mean, it's incredibly painful and could be very serious. Mm. So yes, we have that amazing, like, you know, we can tell when someone is behind us without even looking. Mm -hmm. Um, We can do an exercise where you'll set something and you go, okay, left, Mm. do it straight away forwards backwards you know yep. so we've got this incredible stuff going on mm. in our heads uh and i think as you say physically like when we're injured and you know you go to the physio and you go look, look yeah. it really is painful it's because of blah 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 you and have to like, tell them you're a dancer don't you right, because yes. they they then go oh you understand totally yeah. we know exactly when our alignment is not right or a muscle's hurting or a tendon mm. and i mean want it fixed mm. so i think um it does make us very aware of our bodies um which has to be good because let's face it, so oh, many it people have no idea. Well, I you know? I get frustrated when I see friends or family or mm. clients, and they've got serious chronic back pain. I was just going to say yep. back pain, or they've got tight yeah. shoulders, or they've got this, or yeah. they've got that, and they yeah. have literally. I, I mean, I've taken for granted being mm. able to know how to treat myself. Some people just have yeah. no idea. And I I'm think like, you're right. if you've got a sore back, okay, let's do a couple of roll downs. Let's release it. No, you know, don't, a lot of people go, oh, I've got a sore back and they lie flat on their back. That's the worst thing you can yeah. do. Yeah. Or even just exercise. Like mm. so many people don't do any form of exercise, like even walking. Um, I mean, I know chronic back pain is, is awful, but I always find no matter when you're in pain, the best thing you can do is exercise because then yeah. the endorphins kick in, the pain's gone for a little while. Sure, it'll come back, but movement is so important. And then mm. that lines in with the cognition of your mind, of taking your mind off the pain instead of reaching for, you know, massive painkillers or whatever else. I mean, oh, I think yeah. generally most people do not exercise enough. No, seriously. definitely. Um, and particularly women of my age group, once you hit 50 girls, you've got to move it or mm. lose it. <laughs> Seriously. I literally have here in my notes. Do you want me to read this? It's literally, it says, Sonia, you've given me good advice in the past. Once I asked you what the secret to vitality was and you said, keep moving. (laughs) 
I think it's See, true. This is, listeners, this is how many times Sonia says I this. Really Keep moving true. and I will take that to my deathbed. <laughs> no, I, I really believe that because, look, I, I taught dance for 13 years up north. And, and as you know, I taught by example, so I had to be very fit. And then I lost like 12 months or so when I was studying and I lost so much fitness. So when I came back to do your classes... Um, and I was then in my mid-50s, it was really mentally traumatic mm. to discover what I had lost, but what I was trying to get back. Teaching is not the same. It's not the same. And, you know, and invariably you're doing things on the one side all the time. So suddenly it was like, okay, get back to the bar, start again, and also try and, yeah, get rid of that inner demon and make him go and sit somewhere else and realize that this is how you are now, but you can still work on this and you've still got a hell of a lot to do. Mm. So when I look back at 2013, when I first came that July, I Was mean... It, have you done any oh ballet God. classes for yourself? Not for years. No. Not for years. I had just taught. Yeah. And as you know, you're doing bits of a class. You're not yeah. doing the whole thing. So to come back and look at yourself in the mirror and just go, oh, my yeah. God. So people go, why do you go to the gym? And oh. I'm like, they're like, you teach for five hours a day. I'm like, no, it's not, it's the, not same. the same. And I'm so lopsided. Like, as you yeah, know, in class, I'm like, oh, quick, I better jump on the other side of the bar and do yeah. my left side because I favor the right Absolutely. side all the time. Of I feel course so you do. turned out on my right side. It can makes barely sense. hold a retiro in my left side. I would do exactly mm. the same, everything on the right. Because why would you? I would not be going left pirouetting oh. or anything like that. 100%. Yeah. Although I'm a left pirouette. I know you yeah, are. You're but, unique. <laughs> but so say odd. in a class, yeah, no, let's go with odd. So when yeah. you've got like 20 women in the room all staring mm. at you, of course mm. I'm going to do my good side. Of like course. You, you just, you don't, you don't want to do your bad side. Absolutely so not. Yeah. In fact, it's a lot of pressure when you're teaching because there you are trying to demonstrate for people that don't know exactly how that movement can be. So, so you can't, you've got to like, hard. It. it's hard, mm. very hard. And like mm. you said, then you want to go and do a class um, if I actually, if I think about it, when I was at Laban, I was 29, 30, I would be dancing all day doing contemporary and then I would come home and go to the gym because hmm. the gym was like, okay, there's no one around. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So I think we do, the more exercise we can do, the better we feel. Definitely. You know, like you said, if I could do ballet every day, I would. Oh, I would. If I could take just, just an hour, just an hour That's class all. every day. Yeah. Would be amazing. I it can would. hear your Siamese <laughs> stretching or purring or just in my earphones. <laughs> Bye. Mm. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, mm. we've totally glazed over this. I wanted you to talk mm. about what was the moment for you that you mm. quit Royal Ballet School? What oh was the God. moment? Oh, were your parents tied up in your ambitions at all, or were you no, is it just a completely not at all? Look, look. When I went to the Royal Ballet School, um, and I did the teachers' course, okay, um, 1974. Basically, when you auditioned for the Royal Ballet mm. and you got in, you went. Oh, 100 percent. Today, I'm sure kids that go, well, actually, I'd like to go somewhere else. I didn't have a voice to say. Well, I did, but I wasn't allowed to say it. I actually wanted to go and study contemporary dance, mm. okay, at the place. And they said, no, you're going to the Royal Ballet School. And I went, okay. So off I went. And all my girlfriends were doing the dancers course, mm. which basically for them was like one class a day and they went home. Yeah. I spent all day from eight till seven or eight at night mm. at the Royal Ballet School. And it was, we had to dance and be better than the dancers. So it was on a daily basis, humiliating. It really was. We had How a woman. So? It was, well, we had a very, very, st well, the woman that ran the course was incredibly strict and she had very, very high standards. And, you know, she wanted us to be the best teachers ever. 
Um, but I mean, there's a limit to learning RAD, Chiketi. We had to do more O levels. I mean, it was just huge. I was mm. so overwhelmed. Um, coming from a, from Elmhurst, where my year had been, we'd been a pretty good dance year. Mm-hmm. So you come out of school thinking, "Gosh, I'm not too bad." Yeah, and then you go through all, <laughs> you go through all ballet school, and you're actually crap. Um, and that was a well, you're not crap. You, you're, you're just you're just compared to. I mean, it's well, the same as the Aussie Ballet School. I mean, life. I can only compare it to that. Is, yeah. is that you are the top of your school, you're the top of your local yeah. competitions, yeah. you're the top of even you know your state. And then all of a sudden, reality of the best are all in the same room and you're like, yes. oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, yeah, it's devastating. It <laughs> is devastating and, and terrifying too. I think mm. that, that element of fear every morning at 8.30, you knew you had to rock up in the studio. Um, I remember the first week we had this l- three tiers of bar mm. and the top bar was probably on a level with the back of my head. And she said, by the end of the term... Just for listeners, you're, you're very tiny. Yeah, I am. And, and she said, <laughs> at, the, at the end of term, your arabesque will be above that mm. top bar. And there was no argument, mm. uh, no note saying, my mum says I can't do that. Yeah, You did it. So I think we got injured a lot. I got very... I was probably very depressed, but I didn't know who to talk to or mm. what to do about it because you were so frightened. Um, and then I think pretty much by... I don't know, by sort of the third term, I just thought, I can't do this. Mm. I mean, in hindsight, if someone had taken me under their wing and just said, look, you just just ignore her and Mm. get on with it. But it's maturity. And when you're 17 and you don't know anything else... um, I just and saw, when you're standing in a corner I crying, couldn't face, oh, I couldn't and they face go, it. stop crying. Oh yeah, she was horrible. They're, they're, yeah, that's what people don't understand. They're no. awful. I laugh when people no. are like, "You're scary." I'm like, "You have no idea." <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I am a pussycat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I understand this woman wanted, you know, the level to be, you know, it was super duper high. Mm. But I think there is, you know, I mean, I would say probably quite a few of us did have mental health issues, but. It didn't exist then. It wasn't a thing back it then. It wasn't a thing. Um, and we also had the pressure that the Royal Ballet Company would would come in to class after our class. Mm. So they'd all be looking through the window at you. Oh, <laughs> was it a fishbowl? Like Aussie Ballet, no, where no. everyone can stand and stare in the no, glass? Luckily no, luckily not. It, we'd used to dance in what was called the Covent Garden Studio, which was the same measurements as the stage. Yeah. And it had two side doors with a little round window. And everyone stuck their heads so, in and they'd all be, And so you'd be looking out going, oh, my God, there's Lynn Seymour, Jesus. Or there'd be Margot oh. Fontaine. There'd be all those people oh looking. Oh, my gosh. So with, that was exciting. So, so funny. You had Margot Fontaine just... just, just <laughs> Peeping in at your ballet class. Probably going, ooh, no pressure. terrible girls. <laughs> no, no, look, she was lovely. Those sort of dancers, you mm. would meet them in the canteen and they were, yeah. they were not, um, how can I say, they weren't affected. They were just people mm. and, and incredibly, um, unaffected. Yeah. You know, so we were very lucky in that respect. I mean, mm. we knew that they were very famous and we would let them go before us to get their Mars bar. <laughs> But otherwise, it was just pure excitement. You know, yeah. you'd be like, oh, my God, Margot Fontaine. Did you um, pick up any – because when you're in that environment mixed mm. in, when you when you get to that level yeah. and you're not a professional yet but you're mixed in with the professionals, yeah. did you pick up any habits, habits. from them? Because mm. I know that a couple of my classmates did. I don't know. Watching professionals. Um, oh, or I could think of some bad habits. I mean, particularly, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I want to know the, the nitty well, gritty. I mean, that sort of era was still very much, I mean, most of the dancers were heavy smokers, so mm. that was a given. Um, no, I, 
I don't think so. I mean, look, we were so poor, honest God. You know, I mean, you'd have to share a pizza between six of you if, if you were lucky. But um, that, that kind of goes with the ballerina diet, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can <laughs> every Friday. Um, I don't think we... I honestly can't think that I did, actually. Mm. Um, I think I was so in awe of the experience. Although it was, it was a very negative experience, it was amazing to be able to watch the company. Like, I think I told you that story where I saw... Baryshnikov do class with Nureyev and I was the only kid wow. outside this door watching because Baryshnikov had just defected and he was doing a class with Makarova and I can't think who the other dancer was four dancers nobody outside with me and I thought no one will ever believe that I've no seen this no one will believe me you didn't have Instagram to take no. a selfie and be like look what's happening nothing <laughs> I mean this was the 70s you know and here you are watching Nureyev and Baryshnikov wow. literally out jete out pirouette each other and just go I can't believe this. this when is... I'm when I'm watching like old clips and you know deep in YouTube, mm. Baryshnikov is is my favorite. Oh my God. And he's my so favorite. haughty. I mean, you know, he oh. just. I mean, he is so old to me, and I, I still find be, him yeah. very attractive. Oh, There's something very about sexy him. Man. Like he'd very be older sexy. than my dad for sure. He well, look. He must How be. be in... I would think he probably would be nearly seventy. I'm just trying to think. If I was oh, yeah. 17, he would have been... He's probably only about 70. Late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. 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 And still I, dancing. Yeah, something. Oh, still dancing, still making movies. Yeah. Still amazing. Yeah. That is one... Yeah. Um, I think him and Misty Copeland mm. have very seamlessly gone mm. and managed to create this um, uh, jump from ballet world mm. to mainstream mm. media household mm. name. Which, yeah, I mean, I you suppose think of any later, I mean, because I mean, that sort of happened with, you know, Sex in the City. That was yeah. an amazing epiphany for him. And also, was it White Nights? And I can't think of the other film. Oh, and Dancing with Twyla Sark. Yeah. I mean, that just changed the face of, of dance for him. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sylvie Guillem, I mean, is, was pretty phenomenal at changing yes. over in her 40s to, to more contemporary and working with Mats Eck and people like that. Still don't um, know if she was a household name, though. Um... She probably was more so in Europe. Um, yeah, probably. You know, because um, we all We're knew a bit sheltered here in Australia. Madame, <laughs> no, because she was she would not take any rubbish from anyone. Um, <laughs> and she was definitely a dancer that that took took nothing for granted and would not be um, abused if you could use that word. Let's say mm. um, a very intelligent dancer. Mm. Um, but otherwise, I can't, yeah, that's an interesting thought because again, I'm going back a long way, so. We didn't really have that kind of um, glossiness that you have now, that yeah. sort of availability to dancers like we have with Misty and, um, gosh, who else could I name? I'm not sure. Um, I think someone said that's a very interesting difference between contemporary dance and classical ballet is that invariably you know the dancer with ballet. Mm-hmm. Like Fontaine, whereas with contemporary dancers, it's more often you know, the company, you know, the company or the pieces. Yes, yeah. yes, because it's it's a different kind or the of choreographer. Yeah, big yeah. one in the contemporary yeah. scene. Mm. Mm. I was going to um, ask you about two two kind of quick questions mm. because what I'm going to try and do with this podcast is try and uh, deliver. An interesting conversation that that's great for 
younger ones learning ballet, yeah. but also parents of children that are learning okay. ballet, but also your adult ballerina. No I know, pressure. I, no pressure at all. <laughs> I've set myself a big task. Holy moly. So first of all, I'm going to ask yeah. you, um, what's some pointers that you would give an adult ballerina? Let's start with that. Gosh. So you mean an adult ballerina who's probably never really done yeah, ballet before? Yeah, let's go with that. I think, um, do it, first of all. Yeah, Come to 100%. class. Do you know how many people email me and email me and email me? Really? Or how many people have, dri- ha- who, come in and they go, I have driven into the car park five times and oh, never got shame. out of the car. That's so silly. Mm. Because, I mean, I think that's just, this is something I've learned being older now is that it's your dance. It's not, it's not George's dance. It's not, it, you come into class as an older dancer with fantastic life experience. You come in because you want to be there. You want to learn. Um, and look, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's just the fact that you're there, which is so beautiful. And, and the fact that it's available. This kind of thing 100%. was not available 20 years ago. I would no. have killed to have gone to an adult ballet class. Mm. It didn't exist. And if I'd gone to an ordinary ballet class, they'd be saying, who's the old chick in the corner? Yeah. We don't. We don't want oh, her in there's, here. there's so many people that come and go, oh my gosh, like it's adults. And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. adult ballet. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, no, I tried ballet at my local dance school and I was put in with all the 15 year olds. Oh, no one wants that. No. That's rubbish. Absolutely. Do you, do you think we should get rid of the word? I've thought about this. Do you mm. think we should get rid of the term adult ballet? Because I feel like if you're a, let's go with surfing. If you're a surfer yeah. and you surf on the weekend, mm. You are quite okay to be like, yeah, I'm a surfer. Yeah, absolutely. But with ballet, I th- we feel like we have to put in front, I'm an adult ballerina. Uh, and then... I don't... Yeah. I mean, you still have to make the distinction, I guess, but yes. obviously, between yeah. a professional. But then you call yeah. them a professional ballerina. Totally. totally. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Um, I was going to say that, um, for example, as, as a for parents... Um, it's not all about technique and no. it's not all about your kid doing the splits and turning themselves inside out. It's about actual genuine talent. And, you know, and having a kid that, I mean, I've trained with lots of, well, a couple of girls who were not technically brilliant, but my God, when you saw them on stage, that you couldn't Can't look take at your you eyes off could them. not look at anybody else. And they went on to become extremely successful. So it's not yeah, all about. Margot Fontaine have terrible feet? I don't think they were Was great it? feet, yeah. but she had that she had amazing she personality mm. and acting ability that took you somewhere. Um, and I think all too often parents want young kids to be able to do, I don't know what this stuff is, half of it. I don't even recognize what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's about going on stage and being somebody. Being charismatic. You know? Absolutely. Or taking the audience to a place they hadn't expected. Mm. So... Um, yeah, it's not about tricks, mm. okay? Because I've, that, I've sat through my fair share of so Stedfords, especially this year. Yeah. Um, well, actually, when this podcast comes out yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the last time I've sat in in the audience and been like, a child comes out and you go, ooh, ooh, mm. you know, and you get that nice, yeah. warm, fuzzy, yeah. like, yeah. wow, that's interesting. Here's something really special. And, yeah, mm. it... um. And it's of course you can't make that. You can't. No. That, that that has you to be in the child. You can't teach it. You can't make it. No. You've no. got to light that flame. Um, and I think, I think the big, I mean, look, I'm lucky. I went to a performing arts school where I never saw my parents. <laughs> you know, I was sent away for 12 weeks at a time. So there was no parental interference whatsoever. Mm. And we just did as we were told. And we had wonderful teachers who extracted 
the things that were important or they helped us do whatever. And I think sometimes you have to let kids be kids mm. and let them, you know, because learning to dance, it's so difficult. Mm. It never, ever gets easier. Oh, um, no. You know, and sure, you might have flat turnout and your legs go around your ears, but there's an awful lot of stuff you haven't got. Mm. And that's the stuff you need, you know, because, you know, when you get up on stage, you can have all the technique, but have no soul. Mm. You know, I must admit, when I watch you in class and people comment on this, mm. I'm sure I've told you before, mm. but you are very charismatic to watch. <laughs> You're very exciting to watch. Well, and I love how you just like, we're doing like a grand allegro exercise and then you just choreograph the last four counts yourself and just like land and on the, you know, kneeling down, well, like presenting, like that's just amazing. I love well, it. Well, I think again, that's, that stuff that's, it's, it's been knocked into me that, you know, I can hear my teacher screaming at me mm. now, finish, mm. finish it. Don't ever leave the stage or the mm. studio unless you finish that exercise. It's the same with, you know, after every exercise, bra bra, mm. do not move. Yeah, do, I, yeah. Do not and, move. And don't you think that carries on? Oh my God. To everything you do. If I start something and I don't finish it, mm. that's very rare. Very, very it's rare. So important yeah. to have that, you know, that finishing point. Like you might have finished the exercise, but you still got to hold on to every part of your body and hold, mm. hold, hold. And, and I think I've told you this before. Like, you know, if I've fallen over, I don't want the teacher to see the bit that I fell over. I no. wanted to see the bit where I do this amazing pose so she didn't see me fall over, mm-hmm. you know? So it's all about, even though it's in class, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember I oh, told every you. Every class is a performance. It's so important every to know class. that. And you know that class I did in London with, um, we call them the Tully Collectives, who are all over 60, all former ballet dancers, ballerinas. And Naomi Sorkin, who was from ABT, halfway through the class stopped. We're on the bar and she stopped and we all went, oh, my God, what's happened? What have we done? What's happened? And she said, <laughs> oh, my God. She said, I actually feel like I'm dancing. And we all just went. Oh my God. That's why we're here. Because of that separation of class yeah. and performance. Is this the one it's where the, the same. it's the same thing? It's the but same, but this, we forget. Is this the photo that you showed me where you guys were, the, oh. that lady with the leotard and she's got legs up to her ears? Could have been. We were in, we were in that beautiful Ninette de Valois studio, which was yeah, yeah. the studio uh, in Notting Hill Gate used by Ninette de Valois and Marie Rombe in the 1930s. So mm-hmm. by osmosis, you already yeah. felt, Oh, you'd already oh. feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a ballerina, I've made it. <laughs> but there she was saying that, and she was in, wow. you know, in her early 60s, has danced with some of the most amazing people. Mm. And you're like, that's an epiphany. Mm. And yet we're not really, I don't remember being taught that when I was a young dancer. It was class, technique, but it's still so yeah. important. I think Especially with your exams, you know, you oh, want to yeah. dance. Yeah. You're not just doing an exercise. 100%. I, I remember doing one of, because I mean, I studied RAD, mm. but obviously teach uh, Vaganova, yeah. Vaganova, however yeah. you want to say it. I'm yeah, going yeah. to work out one day yeah. how that's actually pronounced. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Well, I'm English, so I would say Vaganova. Vaganova. Yeah. That's how I say it. Or if you're American, it's probably Vagan- Vaganova. Vaganova. Or, that's, that's or Australian Vagan. That can't even do <laughs> <laughs> That thing. Yeah, that thing. The Russian one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is lovely. I completely stuffed up an exercise. Mm. And I remember thinking, I've got one shot here to turn it around. And I finished the last probably two steps out mm. of the 20 mm. steps immaculately and shot the examiner this big cheeky smile. That's like, the way. like, I still yeah. finished. Yeah. Like, still give me a good mark. Yeah. And I walked and I was yeah. so worried. 
still walked out with my 99% See? and I was, it, and, and they love all, that. They love it. Cause they imagine sitting there as an exam, examiner, which mm. I know, and you watch child after child mm. after child, as you would know, and you go, when one is a bit bright and sparkly with a bit of personality. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely changes your day. It does. And it's a thinking dancer. And you, and you do automatically give them a better mark. Oh my God. Yes. hundred percent. Because that's why you're there. Mm-hmm. You want to be a dancer, mm-hmm. not just someone who does tricks hundred or something like that. Um, so yes. Yeah. Well, you stole my last mm. line oh. because it, it was, it was already <laughs> said earlier because I was going Damn. to say, mm. What, I mean, I'm going to ask everybody, um, mm. what their number one tip for leading a balanced life, seeing as we are all balanced ballerinas. Oh and I was going to say that you keep telling me to keep moving, but we've already discussed that. <laughs> Do you have another one? Well, well, I'd say, well, you could say moving. I mean, it could be anything really, couldn't mm. it? But I think, um, I do think a ballet class. I mean, as someone who gave up ballet for a long time and was contemporary dance was really my thing, Lamone and Cunningham. And then to come back to ballet and then go, Oh my God, this fits. It's like putting on a dress, mm. an old dress that you love and it still fits you. And you just think, wow, this is something I want to do until I'm like Eileen, 103. Mm. I want to still that be little doing black class. dress. Yeah. <laughs> the little the black dress. dress. You know, just to be able to get into that mode of, yeah, I know what the stuff is. Mm. I might not be doing it the way I used to do, but I love it. Mm. So, and yeah. I am, I am glad, you know, on that note, I am glad that adult ballet or maybe we should just start calling it ballet. Yeah. Is becoming bigger. Huge. And more accessible. Yeah. Because I just know within my circle of friends and I know with myself, mm. growing up with ballet as that stable yeah. force in your life. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends go through awful, awful mm. tragedies. I had one that lost a child mm. and she started just coming into class yeah said georgia i can't talk but i'm here and i just want to do class yeah and i was like off you go wonderful and she did that for a few months Mm. and it helped her tremendously immensely Mm. just just Mm. heal and i think that's Mm. really beautiful and i think at the end of the day if students who learn ballet understand that that's what they're taking away from it. And if, you know, cause mm. I love seeing students who are so in love with ballet. Yeah. And I mean, you know that they're never, yeah. you know, some of them, especially, you know, they're never going to be a professional no, dancer, but, but I hope that they can keep returning to it. Absolutely. As they get older. Absolutely. And mm. I think it's, as you said, you have to be in the present mm. because it's such an ephemeral thing, but it, but mentally you can think about nothing else. So I can see with that girlfriend, it would have been, the most incredible feeling of freedom mm. because that space freedom in her from head, like the mind yeah. of just racing and yeah the yeah. mind was given a whole hour to just concentrate on the now because mm. you can't think about anything else because you'd fall over or hurt yourself 100% you know? or run into somebody exactly which is the last <laughs> thing you want in a ballet class someone running at speed <laughs> oh exactly so but no. no i think as you you probably saw i mean the i think the nhs in britain are putting ballet classes up for you know you can prescribe them so wow. i think people oh, yes, are really no, realizing to that the other day yeah. yeah so this is how important ballet is no matter what age you are um it's so good for you mm. absolutely 
I'm mm-hmm. living proof. You are living proof. <laughs> you act as if you're ancient. You are so not, Sonia. Well, no, I am ancient. I mean, my biological, I am ancient, but I don't feel old. And I think ballet has a lot to and do with that. And that's what's important. I really think you just think, wow, you know, whatever exercise you set us, you know, you just mm. think, wow, here's another challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rise to the challenge. I'm going to try really, really hard. And those, you know, those lovely adages where you just go somewhere else, mm. you know, and you think, wow. Oh. I mean, what's going on in my head yeah. is nothing, you know, it doesn't show what I'm actually doing. But in my head, I feel like I'm having an amazing time. And I think that's important, mm. you know, from from all avenues, mental, physical, whatever. Mm. The joy of dancing. It is a joy, you know, especially at my time of life, because I don't have to think I've got to be you know, of a specific standard, you know, I don't have to do everything on point. I don't Mm. have to do everything, whatever. I can do my dance Mm. and I'm very happy with my dance. Yeah. Well, almost. (laughs) You should be because it's amazing. (laughs) Oh, oh, and Siamese is back. (laughs) Well, on that note, where can we find you on social? On social? Well, um, you are, um, Muffin, you're so... I'm Sonia underscore, was it underscore price on Instagram? Uh, yes. And so, I'm, yes, Sonia yeah. underscore price. Yeah, on Instagram. Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. I think I'm MuffinYP on there. And I'm on Facebook. So you can see, um, my, You're, you've got my fantastic, work. um, videos of yes. your work. Yes. Um, beautiful uh, videos of yeah. your work. And my beautiful dancers who I've been very lucky to work with. So, and that, that's been another amazing experience is getting people who you know or who you, you've heard of Mm. becoming involved with your research and being as excited as you are Mm. that's kind of amazing yeah yeah no i mean i I mean one of the reasons i'm doing this is so that i get Mm. to meet really cool people (laughs) i mean i've already met you but i just talk to interesting people and i guess with your work you would have come across oh my god amazing people and had fantastic conversations i have and i've had my jaw on the floor several times because i've just been (laughs) so inspired by listening to what they have to say and then pinching myself going they're telling me this stuff i can't believe it i'm so lucky yeah so yeah well one thing i am going to do is pop on the Instagram a picture or video of what I just love, your tutu that you made out of your journal entries from your time at the Royal Ballet School. Yes, don't read, don't look at the type too close. I've read read a couple and it's brutal, (laughs) but I'll I'll just take a picture of it because I will have to, I have to share that with everyone because it's just amazing. Yeah, that was my getting back at it's the like, ballet school. <laughs> it's like Sonia the artist is just that tutu. Like, I just love it. It needs yeah. to go in a museum or so something. It was a labor of love, I have to say. Because, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. We did learn to make our own tutus a hundred years ago. Oh, my gosh. So, I would be uh, so hopeless. That. There is not a crafty bone in my body. <laughs> thank you so much, thank, my lovely Sonia. Thank you, Georgia, so much. I'm very honored. Thank you. Aww, first guest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank okay. you. Ah, done. All done. All, All done. done. Oh, I'm sweating. But it's far out. It's, it's hard. <laughs> really hard going. I know because whenever I've done it, you know, I've got like.